Do I have the lumps? I've got the lumps. Great. I love lumps. No, I'm just thinking of Lumpy Space Princess. Oh, that's a good Space Princess. Yeah, better than most? Not my favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, that's... I'm trying to think of other Space Princesses now. Oh, the princess from Mario Galaxy games? Rosalina? She's a good Space Princess. Yeah. I think... I kind of want to say She-Ra would also count. They go to space (laughs) in that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, they go to space in that. And there are a bunch of other princesses there, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what? As space princesses go, lumpy space princess, not, not as high up as I would have thought. Yeah. There's like a surprising number of space princesses. There's, I'm, I guarantee there's like some 80s anime about a space princess too, or like several. There's got to be. Space princesses in mechs. I want that now. I found a forum thread from 2015. Assemble a list of women with the title of princess in science fiction. We've got Princess Vespa from Spaceballs. Mm. Yep. Princess Irulan from Dune. Unless that's Lurulan. No, it's Irulan. <laughs> it's spelled with a lowercase L at yeah. the front. A proper proper noun starts oh, with a lowercase well, L. Just to confuse the people. Oh, is that is that what the the L with the line through it with like the little cross through it? No, that's the two L's. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not to be confused with the Spanish two L's. No, completely different two L's. Yeah, they get mistaken all the time at supermarkets. There's all the Barsoom princesses. Right, right. I Barsoom. was thinking about those, but purposefully not mentioning them. Okay, I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs is like pulpy 1920s. Ah, Mars stuff. Yeah, Confederate soldier like dies in a cave and wakes up on Mars and is super powered. Right, John Carter. Yes, that yes. guy. Yep. Yeah, I watched that movie uh, uh, recently, like a few months ago. It was bad. It was a bad movie. <laughs> That's what I heard. Great, great to watch in a, in a group if you if you're a member of a group that likes watching bad movies. Noted. Are we ready uh, to start the show? Sure. We just did a topic. That was a that was totally a topic. <laughs> that, was, that was a topic. That was a topic. Topic Lords. I'm Tyreek. I'm Allie. I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Tyreek, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? I make a video game called Catacomb Kids. You can buy it in early access on steam.io. I also made an album, which you can find at errorwithanf.com. Those are my plugs. Plugging it. Hallie, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? I'm Hallie. I'm a person. I got nothing to plug. I have very little to introduce myself. I worked on a video game one time. That was a lot of fun. It's a good video game. So, you know, if you're not going to plug it, then I will. That's fine. Plug the video game. It's Jamestown. It's pretty cool. If you like vertically scrolling shooters, it's a good one. And if you don't like vertical vertically scrolling shooters, it's a good first one. That's my favorite thing about it, honestly. Yeah. Of the shmups made in the past 30 years, it's probably the only one that attempts to onboard new players. And still like actually a shmup. Right. (laughs) I'm very bad at introducing myself. Uh, Thank you for doing it for me, Jim. Oh, I mean, (laughs) I'll always talk about Jamestown. (laughs) are we ready to start on some topics yep i'm ready tyreek your topic is the world needs more clues for secrets nearby yeah so our neighbors where i live got like 
an electric vehicle a while ago. I guess has it been over a year now? It might have been. It might be over a year now. But they like relatively recently, but long enough ago that I don't remember when. And every time it like turns on and is just idling in their driveway, it sounds like there's a secret nearby. Like the sound, (laughs) the sound that the car makes is just like like if you were playing Zelda. And there's like like something collectible nearby, but you can't see it. But you hear the kind of just like magical. Oh, is this the Tesla reverse noise? It might be. It probably is, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But every time I hear it, I just like look around and I'm like, I want to find something. (laughs) Yeah. I I need to find something now because because a, a, a mysterious sound has been introduced. Here's a here's the collectible. You can collect them. Every time you hear this noise, there's a collectible. It's the Tesla's license plate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, when I hear the sound, they would presumably be in the Tesla at the time. So it might be hard to actually mm. <laughs> get away with that. Yeah. Are there? Can you think of a game that plays that noise, but you can only get the, no- get the ob- collectible when the noise stops? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of one either. Noises exist to guide you to secrets, not... Like, unless it's like a, a, a red herring of a noise. Right. I guess in general, I feel like our environments could be better sound designed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, well, I think notably, like, cars are one of the most sound designed things in the in our environment. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially, especially like the most sound designed thing that we interact with on a regular basis. Unless you count, like, software. Right. Yeah, like I remember seeing an article about how like modern trucks are acoustically engineered so the engine sounds really loud when you're in the truck. When you're in the truck, wouldn't wouldn't you want it to be quieter when you're in the truck? No, because you want your truck to sound powerful. But you want it to sound powerful to other people, not well, you. I'm sure I'm sure that's a thing too. I mean, it's like, like I know motorcycles like whenever you hear a motorcycle like very loudly drive by, they don't need to there's no reason like for them to be that loud other than to call attention to themselves. I mean, they would, well, exactly. They would say it's for road safety. Like motorcycles are very vulnerable. I dispute that a little bit. Like, I feel like if I'm in a car, in a modern car, like if it's an yeah. old car that doesn't have good, good, like uh, uh sound isolation, then yeah, you're going to hear it. But if you're in like a more modern car that actually does block out sounds from outside pretty well, it's that the noise doesn't help from the motorcycle, no matter how loud it is. It's just annoying to people. Wait, so are you are you positing that this is a like some sort of sound baffling that only filters out the helpful parts of the noise and but leaves the annoying parts? What? No. If you're <laughs> not sad. in a car. If you're not in a oh, car. Oh, okay. My mistake. <laughs> I agree. Motorcycle noises are very annoying to pedestrians. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Are there, there, there have to be like electric motorcycles out there. Do they, do you think they, they play a, like a Tesla UFO noise? Oh, that's a good question. So they should just, whatever, whatever Tron did for the light cycles in Tron, they should just use that. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> I just couldn't remember what, what Tron light cycles sound like, or if they like have a distinctive noise. I can't either. Yeah. I bet I would recognize them though. But if they had like those things, aren't there those devices that you can like point at a window and turn it into a speaker or something? Like you could just do that two cars around you. Yeah. <laughs> and Brilliant. Other people hear your car. Yeah. That's exactly the sort of thing. Like, you know how, do you remember the, the whole whistle tip thing? Whistle tip? No. 
whistle, whistle tips were like I, I saw a news story like when I lived in San Diego, I saw this this news story went viral. It was from Oakland, like a local news broadcast in Oakland talking about how whistle tips are the latest thing. And what it is is you put this was from like probably from the early aughts. Like they weld a whistle onto the back of your exhaust pipe so that your car makes a screaming noise as it drives by. Oh God. <sighs> it's horrible. It's a terrible idea. There is a delightful man in the news clip named the, that they label as Bub Rub, who says the whistles <laughs> go woo woo, and mimes pulling a, a train whistle string. Yeah, but apparently, like this was at the time not illegal because there were only laws about like engine noises. Right. So, like the the idea of like yeah, you you can't make engine noises or have whistle tips, but you can totally point your powerful laser at your neighbor's uh, car windshield and then create a subsonic <laughs> rumble inside their car. Oh man, like how, if you did that just for your car, how long do you think it would take people to like figure out what was even happening? Yeah. Would there just be like, there would just be like an urban legend about like a... a, a... Uh, it's a haunted car. <laughs> like you can't, it's subsonic means you can't hear it. So like, or the other, the other thing you'd want to do is you want to have your car emit like, like have a have a gas leak, like a natural gas leak, so that mm. people uh, start like they they inhale it and start hallucinating nearby. That would be the other way you could have a haunted car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could do that. Just a a, a wandering neighborhood hallucinogenic. Uh... <laughs> this is a service we've in invented. This service and it's it's <laughs> something that i desperately want to exist now the horrible dystopian future of advertising is what we're looking at <laughs> that's what i was thinking actually honestly that's kind of what where my my brain was going is i'm what what movie was it it might have been i mean i'm sure it's been in m many movies and and uh, uh tv shows at this point like about near future advertisements but i think the one that i remember is her where they oh, were yeah. like like holograms that would like be beamed directly into your AR goggles or whatever. So Ooh. that like they were specifically tailored like per person, like just as you're walking down the street, like it's, it, I was like, Oh God, this is, this is what's going to happen. Isn't it? Like if <laughs> like, this is, this is an accurate depiction of what the future would be like if this technology existed. Right. And there, there are whole cities where instead of taxes, they have ads and you're not allowed in the city unless you wear the goggles. Oh God. Yeah. That's even bleaker. Thanks. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't considered that. You're welcome. Just have a neighborhood car roaming around beaming ads directly into other people's cars <laughs> and they can't escape. Unless they like they they hightail it out of there and then they get the ad that's Doppler shifted. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we incentivize more people switching to like biking. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, oh, have you tried driving? Oh, I would, but the ads are terrible. <laughs> That's a, yeah. I mean, so that'll only work until uh, enough people are biking that they invent an alternative version of it that that um, instead of turning your window into a speaker, it turns your skull into a speaker. Oh, uh, right. And then there's no yeah. escape anywhere. <laughs> right. Then we everybody just has to wander out into the wilderness. Yeah, but then the the birds will have learned the <laughs> the song that turns your skull into a speaker. Oh, uh, like now that you're positing that there is a specific song that can just turn your skull into a speaker. Oh yeah, and the birds just haven't learned it yet. <laughs> right, there's one that can make you poop, and there's one that turns your skull into a speaker.
Oh god, we have to, we, we must keep this forbidden knowledge from the birds at all cost. <laughs> uh, they're smart too. I bet they're listening to us right now. <laughs> they figured out how to tap into the internet lines or whatever. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking like I, I'm I'm turning around. You can t you can hear me turning around to look out the window. Oh, I don't see any scrub jays out there. Okay, good. There's one in a, on a on a building across the way with binoculars looking at you, reading your lips. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> Those scrub jays—they're so smart. I just recently learned that uh, scrub jays are blue jays, but they're like the blue jays. Like I, I like when I was growing up in 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 Pennsylvania, I, I'd like we'd like see blue jays around. And then it only just recently occurred to me to like look up whether the kinds of blue jays that are out here are the same blue jays that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, obviously they're not because they look different. They like have brown on them. My blue jays didn't have brown on them. Uh, and I looked it up <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're scrub scrub jays. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna, I gotta start calling them scrub jays now instead of blue jays. I mean, they're still jays and they're still blue. This is true, but they got a little scrub on them. <laughs> <laughs> they are they they're a different species, right? I guess yeah, yeah, different different species. Yeah, this is this is what you get for bird talk when Eric is not on the show. You get <laughs> people debating whether the scrub jays are blue. Jays are corvids though. Uh -huh. which, is, which is cool. I didn't know that until recently. That's right. Did you learn it from that meme? Did you like me learn it from that meme that has the goth family and the one kid in the blue shirt? I didn't. That sounds <laughs> I don't know funny. That one. <laughs> Yeah, describing memes on on podcasts is always the best thing. But yeah, that's the meme. I mean, it's a pretty succinct description. I, I can, get it. We can put it in the show notes, and then people can click on it and be entertained. Are we ready for another topic? I'm ready. Yes. Hallie, your topic is how kids on TV used to hate leftovers. This was a big thing. I remember when I was a kid, seeing people on TV saying, "Ah, leftovers. And like, leftovers are good. That's what I bring <laughs> for lunch. At work. I don't know how much legs this topic has. But like, My understanding is that like in the past 40 years, they've bred all the bitterness out of leftovers. <laughs> and so our leftovers are just much more delicious than the ones in the, from the 80s. Well, no, I thought I thought that all the old leftovers, like they were all the same type, but then a, a, a fungus infection came through and killed, all, killed them all off. And so now the leftovers we eat today are actually technically a different type of leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's why there's that popular song from like the 20s about, yes, we have no leftovers. Yeah, no, I think that <laughs> makes sense. That's why if you eat a leftovers flavored jelly bean, it tastes different because <laughs> it's based on the leftovers of, of yesteryear. <laughs> so my guess for this, like to actually respond to the um, the prompt, this is an, an idea that originated with kids. It's an idea that originated with TV writers who wanted to shame people for being lazy they were like, oh, your mom doesn't care about you because she didn't make dinner again today. That seems was, like a thing that an 80s TV writer would do. Was refrigeration technology back then significantly worse than it is now, such that leftovers were dangerous? Or has that been stable for a long time? Not to my knowledge. As far as I know, it's been, it's been pretty good for a while. Uh, uh. There's also the possibility that TV writers want to shame people for being poor and not I think that's more like to waste food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, I think I think the the worst thing you can be in America is perceived as a poor person. Right. Even if it costs money that keeps you poor to be perceived as less poor, that's money well spent. Yeah. 
buy less avocado toast. Yep. Fewer lattes. Leftovers are great. Like you, I mean, if you don't want to have leftovers for dinner, just put, put them in a pan with some eggs in the morning and that's breakfast. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love leftovers. It's great. That's my work lunch. That's my breakfast with eggs. That's, you know, we just did the thing that made me think about it. We made taco night and then uh, my wife reused the taco meat in like a pasta sauce for the next night. It's great. Yeah. Leftovers. Amazing. It's food that you don't have to cook again. Like, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's a solved problem. You don't need to make it into a problem again. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a um, a post on the cooking subreddit about the best way to reheat pizza. And I was like, reheat it? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, you, it's take it straight out of the freezer and you just eat it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I I do that. Take an ice cold slice of pizza into a hot shower. <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm not going to comment on whether I've done that before or not. I got to say <laughs> that sometimes my wife has turned me on to um, putting it in like the toaster oven. And I got to say that that does do a good job of reheating pizza. That's, All right. That's, the, that's the, that's the oven. Route. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I got to say, I'm honestly not a huge fan of just room temperature leftover pizza. Oh, no, no. You want it. Yeah. You want it cold. <laughs> Cold, no. <laughs> Room temperature. Ugh. No, I, I like it. Uh, I like it. Uh, I just set it on the floor and then let my cat sit on it for a while to get warmed up. <laughs> and get the pheromones in there. <laughs> you get the fur in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. good. So it's it's just cat body temperature pizza. <laughs> there, there's the show title. <laughs> <laughs> You don't like it in like a bucket of ice that they bring out to you, like champagne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you said you put the pizza in a toaster oven, I really thought it was like the slice of bread toaster. No, just... <laughs> no, that's why I specified toaster oven. Right. Uh, still though. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a that's a pretty great mental image. I mean, depending on how old and stale it is, you know, that might work. Someone should invent a toaster you could put pizza in. Or someone should invent a pizza you can put in a toaster. Can you Ooh. just put the toaster on its side so that the grease doesn't dribble all dribble all down in its That's the, Yeah, that is the sensible way to do it, isn't it? That is the sensible. I way. wouldn't. I wouldn't say sensible is the word I would use. <laughs> okay. All right. You're talking about some sort of like toaster strudel hot pocket on Holy Combination. Yes, that exists already, doesn't it? Well, hot pockets do, yeah. but you can't put those in the toaster; they'll leak. Right, they're microwave food. Yeah. Are there is there no savory equivalent to a pop tart that is meant for toasters? Just like a rosemary garlic pop tart? That sounds incredible. <laughs> I would absolutely go for for uh like a garlic uh like like seasoned and spiced pop tart. So I'm looking at the, the result for savory savory pop tart and they're all like homemade baked stuff and looking at the images I would not put these in a that in a toaster. Defeats the point. If it's homemade, right. the whole benefit of having a pop tart is that it comes in a little foil thing, and you yeah, just exactly you just, you just tear it out of that thing, smash it in the toaster, and have edible food. I feel like it's a crucial aspect of pop tarts that they're made of like cardboard because <laughs> card the, the cardboard does not fall apart in the toaster. That's like the whole point of it. Right. That being the texture. Yeah. Of course, once we actually start making its own food product, it's no longer leftovers, which may get us at another 
aim of your 80s television show writers, which was to not to to make people more likely to want to buy things in the advertisements. <laughs> right. So at what point does it become leftovers? The Pop-Tart pops up. While it's popping up, you think, yeah, I'm not going to eat that. It's leftovers right then. <laughs> well, Pop-Tarts come two to a sleeve. So like as soon as you eat the one, right. any amount of that other Pop-Tart is leftover. Yeah, you got to mix it into your breakfast scramble. Hmm. I don't feel like a day-old Pop-Tart that's still in the toaster counts as leftovers. That's just a <laughs> Pop-Tart you forgot. <laughs> is, it, is it because a Pop-Tart is shelf-stable? Is that, is that what does it? It might be. Well, I was thinking, like, I wonder if it's a matter of, like, how much effort. Well, but then pizza, if it's even if it's pizza you didn't make. But if, even pizza, I don't know. Even that has, like, more effort put into it by just the people at the store. Someone made the pizza. Yeah, someone made the pizza. But I feel like shelf stability is also a good criterion. Criterion is a singular, right? That's right, yeah. But also, I'm thinking, like, if you're one of those kind of people who, like, prepares their entire week's food, like, in advance, like, oh, I'm just going to, mm-hmm. like, spend today just making, like, an enormous pot of spaghetti that's going to last me the entire week. Right. Does that pot of spaghetti count as, like, leftovers? It's just... Is that leftovers? It's, like, food that is created with the intention to become leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> or is it left befores? <laughs> left un- left unders. Leftovers. There's no remainder. Like, this is created with the express purpose. It's, it's, I think, I th- honestly, I think that would count as, like, if leftovers are what you have after you have, like, finished a meal and you still have stuff left, then what you create before the meal, that's, like, negative leftovers, right? <laughs> so, like, people who do that kind of, like, meal planning and stuff, they just have, like, a negative quantity of leftovers. That sounds right. And then you eat them and then there's food suddenly. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> You eat them and you become hungrier, I guess is how it works. <laughs> Are we uh, ready for another topic? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, my topic is smartphone sales declined 11% in 2022 while sales of flip phones doubled. I think this is fantastic. I'm not going to be one of the people <laughs> who buys a flip phone, unfortunately, because I've got like, I live in the Bay Area. Like every you, you need a smartphone to do anything here. Like you need a smartphone to pay for parking. I can't pick up my kid from school without my smartphone. Because I need to use the app to check him, check him in or out. Do you know if this number is global or is it like national? That's not a word. National. Unfortunately, I did not put a link in this topic, and so I don't have the news story in front of me. What 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 are they counting as a flip phone? Because I have a phone that folds in half, but it's yeah, like that's the a new, great question. The new fancy like, one <laughs> that that is also a smartphone. Yeah, is, is that counted when people say flip phones? Who knows? That is a legitimate like. I remember like when I first got a smartphone, like mm-hmm. one of the nice things about the flip phone was that you can't fucking, if, you, if it's closed, you can't butt dial anybody. Yep. So like if that's a real advantage of uh, uh, a smart clamshell phone, that that counts. That's a real advantage. It looks like the numbers are worldwide. Okay. It's interesting. I wonder, I wonder like how that correlates to broadband Wi-Fi access generally. Yeah. Maybe more people just need burner phones. Like, yeah, maybe more people just <laughs> yeah. There's just twice as many crimes that happen. But, you know, good crimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, crimes that make us happy that all these phones are being purchased. 
Or it could be um, Flip Phone George or whatever. (laughs) Right, right. He he shouldn't be counted. A statistical outlier. (laughs) All right. This is a sidebar about Flip Phone George. Do you think it should be Flip Phone Jorg? I always read it in my head as Jorg. I think Jorg is how – Jorg is is better. You think so? I think Jorg is definitely better, yeah. Is he giving the Flip Phones to all the spiders he eats? (laughs) <laughs> they're the ones who are going to commit the crimes yeah they need it the most i am really enjoying this this lore that we're creating <laughs> yeah <laughs> of somebody some crime lord who has a syndicate of spiders who go out and do all his crimes for him and he needs to provide them with flip phones so that they can have burner phones yeah no i'm into it also he is their home yep yep he stores all of them <laughs> yeah like the uh, villain from the first Men in Black movie. Yes. Right, right. Te- yes. And their their goal is to steal all the Tesla license plates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So are, are bugs caught in a spider's web leftovers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to eat them. <laughs> if as long as there's somebody who's not planning on eating something, it's a leftover. Fair. So is it in, is, is it intent then that that makes the leftover? I don't, I don't I think feel like so. that's true. I don't no, know if that's I think, true because sometimes you have leftovers that you don't know whether you're going to eat them or not. Yeah, some leftovers can definitely go to waste. Yeah, but regardless of intent, once the once the food is in the fridge, it's leftovers. Oh, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, like I might argue, it's not leftovers until it's in the fridge. Like if it's still on the table or. If it's still the pop tart is still in the toaster, it's not leftovers yet. No, that's a thing. That's a thing. Sometimes when I make dinner, I'll make like you know a little a little much, and we'll have like three or four portions instead, and I'll put those away like as I'm plating dinner. Yeah, and mm. those aren't leftovers. Those are just meals you pre-made. I, they're meals I pre. Okay, but now, but are they meals I pre-made or are they leftovers that are leftover already before we've actually eaten our meal? I think those are leftovers that are also pre-leftovers, and so they're like <laughs> they're both plus and minus one leftover, and so it kind of washes out. You have zero left. <laughs> you just it's it just stops existing at that point. Yeah, yeah. If you put that in your fridge, it'll just implode. I, I would posit that like the food has to be on the dinner table and then in the fridge, and then it becomes then it's leftovers. Well, so what about food that you just leave on the table? And then you come down the next day and eat it. Yeah. that Well, then you're – so the, the question is like when it's on the table, it's either going to be eaten or it's leftovers or it's garbage. And and like well, while it's on the table, you don't know which three it is. Schrodinger's food. Right. And if you come down the next day and eat the food that's left on the table, it became garbage and now you're eating garbage. <laughs> Yes, I like this. I like this uh, uh, taxonomy. Unless it's shelf stable. If we were all in the same city, we could say this is like that city's name, a codification of leftovers. It's true. It's true. But we're not. No. Uh, For this topic, we're going to be doing the poem, The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. We've already done a Robert Frost poem, but I figured it's been like a year. So we can do a, a Frost poem every year. Who would like to read this poem? I'll read it. I'm unfamiliar with this poem. So I'll read it. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, 
to where it bent in the undergrowth, and then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for the passing there, had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. You hadn't heard that one before? Well, I think I'd heard parts of it. Sure. It sounds yeah. it sounds familiar. Uh, two roads diverged in a wood, less traveled, etc. Yeah, but yeah. But I don't think I'd, I don't think I've ever heard the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very like it's a poem that comes up in pop culture a lot, mm. or snippets of it do. Like specifically the one about how uh, I took the road less traveled by, and that's made all the difference because people use that as like a, a justification for like life decisions they make. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you see people reacting against that and saying how in the poem, they're basically the same traveled. And then in the future, he's saying, I'm going to say I took the one less traveled by. Right. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you read just the part where he's bragging, then it sounds uh, like good advice. I think this poem is very pretty. It is. This is the thing about Robert Frost's poems. They're very pretty. It definitely put, paints a picture in my head. Yeah. I stumbled over the cadence. <laughs> Oh, like reading fine. it out loud for the first time, like maybe I maybe I just need to listen to it, like how how other people intend for it to be read. Because there's like a couple parts where I was like, hmm? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, it's good. I I like getting uh, someone's first take on it. Like a, a good, a, well, this isn't true. I was gonna say a good poem should read smoothly on your first try, but that's not necessarily true at all. That is a goal that you could have. It read good on your first try, though. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I just want to be in a forest now. That's uh, fair. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, we should stop having forest poems on this show. <laughs> so the listeners can take, they probably are listening to this on a phone. They could take that phone into a forest. Yeah. And then bury their phone and buy a flip phone. That's right. But finish listening to this show first. So you can hear me ask you to pledge to the Patreon or hire the editor Esper for other, for to edit your podcast. It's interesting. It, it it feels very New Englandy, like the the nature imagery mm. of it. As someone who lives, yeah, in oh, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Is it, is it because the wood is yellow? Yeah, it's got that, that vibe. That definitely helps. Yeah, yeah. Also, just dudes talking about themselves and how they walk through the woods <laughs> and are great. I feel like that happens lots of places. I like. I I really like just the phrase the the the, the term want to want wear. It was grassy and wanted wear. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like, uh, that looks like it wants to be used. <laughs> yeah, that's that's frost projecting. But, uh, you know, you, what, you know what? You can you can have that. Like, if it's an inanimate object, it doesn't want anything. So you can decide what it wants. Maybe maybe that road wanted to just stop working. Just just become <laughs> forced. Or, yeah, it may be. In fact, I think this is true. I think there's a definition of want that is in use. That is just like uh, a deficiency or something that it it needs, even if it doesn't have consciousness or qualia. Mm, to want for something, like yeah, yeah. For want of where a shoe was lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the list that I found this poem in, uh, it's linked as the most misread poem in America. 
Uh, there's an article here. This is? Yes. Oh, wow. There's an article here in the Paris Review that I don't have time to read because I'm recording a uh, show, but I'm just going to assume that's the thing we talked about, <laughs> individualism or fake individualism. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, every, I mean, every life has those decision points where you make a big decision that ends up shaping who you are like forever after. Right. And no matter what decision it is, you should always take the least popular option. <laughs> well, but no matter what decision you make, that decision's never been made before because you've never made that decision before. Right. Yeah. You have to, that's why you have to do a poll. You do a Twitter poll every time <laughs> you're making a life choice. And then you choose the one that people don't tell you to do. Yeah. The opposite. <laughs> exactly. Because you're a crotchety New Englander. Right, right. And and when they figure out that that's why, switch it up on them and then do the most popular option because they're not voting for that. Right. You got to use that no, reverse psychology. That's right. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Yes. Yeah. Hallie, your topic is what will emoji look like in 100 years? So this is my question. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but like we keep adding emoji, but like not only what will they look like, because we'll probably have like some of the same ones, but I'm really interested in thinking about how emoji meanings like emoji, you have written language and it evolves over time and it started out as pictographic and you already see like certain emoji have definitive meanings attached to them and some of them have different meanings, you know, in small, like there are dialects of emoji use, right? Like, and I want to yeah. know how knowing that emoji themselves change and get used in a hundred years from now. Like, yeah. are people even using emoji? I have, I only have, I have no answers, only questions. Like, will we still be texting in a hundred years? Like, is that form factor of a message going to be commonplace? Or would it be like a voice message or even like a, just a mind meld? You'll just, there'll be teleporters in everybody's skull and you'll just switch brain halves, brain lobes with somebody for a moment to, to transfer your message and then switch back. That's an option. What would Unicode, what would Unicode look like in that situation? <laughs> so the, we've already, we've already talked about on the show how uh, people in communities use emoji differently, like, and sometimes not the way the, Unicode specification intends, like the praying hands. I don't even remember if it is praying hands or if it's like oh, right. is used for like a high five in some places. Oh, or wow. Oh, really? <laughs> or like thank you. Yeah, I knew the thank you. I didn't think I know I didn't thank you, know yeah. But like I, I read the thank you as like kind of like praying, like like, you know, putting your hands together and bowing sort of like thank you, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I, I wasn't I was unaware of high five though. That's interesting. <laughs> High five is good. The uh, my my sister's been on the show to talk about, for example, um, how she's in a bunch of discords where they've come up with very specific emoji slang. One like for, just for example, like they use the ghost to mean a hug because the ghost kind of looks like it's hugging you. Huh. And they use like the hatching chick to mean that's cute. That's the other thing is that uh, like a lot of these symbols appear differently based on like the OS that you're on or the platform that you're using and that sort of thing. So like right. the ghost probably only looks like it's hugging in discord and right, other right. like related font, uh, uh, like typefaces and that sort of thing. If you're like talking to somebody on another like app 
then it makes much less sense to use that as a hug because it just looks like a freaking Pac-Man ghost or something. Right, right. right. But then maybe by then it's picked up the meaning of hugging and like everybody knows it means hug so it doesn't have to look like it anymore. Like like (laughs) people still say, you know, phones ring or, or and hanging up phones despite the fact that like those form factors and sounds are no longer, they're just signifiers now. Right, right, there's right. A- a kind of a famous case of an emoji that I think it's I think it's called grimace or like gritted teeth or something like that. Ah. Mm. It it looks significant. I think it's on the iPhone. It looks a little bit more like a smile, so people use it to mean a toothy grin. Uh, but in, on oh. Android, for example, it looks like a grimace, and so like people get confused by this. Apparently, it like it doesn't come across properly depending on which version you're looking at. I remember I was like texting my mom a while ago and. I had like done something stupid or whatever and like sent her an emoji. Like I told her what I did and then sent an emoji of just like the sort of dizzy character with like a squiggly mouth looking sort of goofy. Right. It was like, oh, sil- silly me. And then she was like, are you drunk? <laughs> because that's because that's the only context that she had ever seen, like used that in. And I'm like, no, I'm not I'm not drunk. It was just me being silly. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I'm wondering is, will these become part of the language enough that, like, you'll you'll start seeing them in like newspapers or well, right. oh, will newspapers exist or like in oh, man. in novels, for example? That's interesting. I put a um, an instance of emoji in the dialogue for the hat DLC. Like, I just did. It just this just happened once in the game. I was the like the clap for every word joke, and I had to <laughs> add the the clan hand clap symbol to the uh, to the font. Huh. Huh. Right, like it becomes like, like at some point it becomes unavoidable part of language, and it becomes more awkward to not include it than to include it. Right. I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's why it's not happening already. Well, so here's the thing. I guess my, here's my thought process: is I don't. I have no problem with emoji. Like as a, a facet of language, it's perfectly cool and fine. But I feel like at a certain point, it seems like it becomes an accessibility issue. Oh, sure. Due like due to the sort of impreciseness of the usage and the vagueness of it, and also like how do you read them aloud? Do you just dis- like say the name of yeah. the thing? Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's like, what screen readers do. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, and so, like, when the screen reader is reading the the tweet, that's like a field of like it's it's doing ASCII art of a forest. Yeah, it's just like tree emoji, tree emoji, flower emoji, tree emoji for like six minutes. Now, now I'm imagining though, I'm imagining if these become part of books in general, and we still have like audiobooks, then the narrators who read the audiobooks are going to have to. Well, okay, we're not going to have narrators because everything's just going to be AI voiced. Never mind. I'm depressed now. Um, hey, but what would the AI voice say? One, yeah, okay, I'm depressed now too. But also, <laughs> this, this, this has to have happened already. There yeah. has yeah. to be. Yeah. As- yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely seen, like, I remember there was a Stephen King book that had this really gimmicky thing it did where just in one place in the book where, like, a line of text faded out as as you were reading it, like it faded into uh, transparency to indicate that like so like a transmission was failing, mm-hmm. but in a mystical way. That's really Ooh. cool. Like on the printed page. Yeah, it was a very it was very like very House of Leaves. <laughs> What's the audiobook for House of Leaves sound like? What I'm what this makes me think of is um, 
I remember reading about, I think it was an article written by a blind programmer talking about ear cons, which are icons for the ears. Oh, wow. Are they descriptions or are they just sound effects? Just sound effects. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually don't remember exactly what they are, but I think they were like, instead of saying open curly bracket, it would say a little blip that's a, that's that you would recognize as like, oh, that's the sound of an open curly bracket. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be at all surprised if like, along with um, the definition of like, here's a picture of, a, of, of two hands pressed together. There's also like, and here's the MIDI jingle. Like, here are the notes of the jingle you play to indicate that here's the the two hands pressed together. Yeah, it would. There would have to be like some some standardization of that that happened. Like some you know famous book or like some audiobook just takes off, or like some TikTok phenomenon that then becomes widespread beyond that thing, and just like now everybody associates the smiling right. emoji. With someone saying, "Hey, yeah, it's it's like a like a sort of lexicological collapse or something, where like all the various mm. interpretations of a thing collapse into one single interpretation that everybody yeah. agrees on." Yeah, and maybe maybe that'll just happen like on a per emoji basis every now and then, where it's like, okay, like the eggplant, everybody agrees that's a dick, right? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, but I actually have. A couple. I have like like two hypotheses that I want to put forth. Remind me after you do that. I want to co- circle back to the eggplant for a second. Well, actually, yeah. Let's stay on that for now, then. Okay, let's talk about I've... the eggplant. Which end is the? Which end does the <laughs> semen come out? Which end of the eggplant? This this originated somewhere where egg the default eggplant looked a lot more phallic, like the use of it and had like a little bump toward the end of it. So I think it comes out of the non-green end of the eggplant. That's my interpretation, is that, is that the green part is the pubic hair. Oh, I, I yeah, thought the opposite. Sense. There we go. This is this is what I'm talking about. You go defend your hypothesis. Well, it's <laughs> it's it's like the, the head part. Okay, all right, sure. And like if I do a search for image search for eggplant emoji... The only example of droplets is are coming out of the green part. See, this is this is this is the the heated debate that I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> These are some very disturbing images on Google search, by the way, of the eggplant emoji. <laughs> oh, here's a veiny one. Yeah, there's there's a veiny one. There's one that's like covered in pustules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, here's one. That has a condom being put on it, but it's being put on it from the bottom. So like from the direction that you assumed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is one of those things that people just never talk about. Like everybody agrees the eggplant is a dick, but no one knows which end is which. Google is trolling me. Google people also ask, what does eggplant water droplets mean from a boy? <laughs> no one, No one can answer this for you. You must discover for yourself. I'm so sorry. All right. What were you What were you going to say, Tyreek? Oh, uh, so I, ha- I was going to say I have two hypotheses as to what emoji may become in the future. One is modular, where you can just mix and match mouths and eyes and yeah. hands and like expressions like that. Uh, there's a Twitter bot called the Emoji Mashup bot that already does this. But like, like if that was just available generally, then with like a very simple like like a uh, part selection editor or whatever. I feel like that could be pretty, you know, standardized. 
the other thing that I was going to say is that eventually we're not going to need the eggplant emoji because there's just going to be a dick. There's just going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just that's going to be a dick. Yeah. I don't know. That, I feel like it's more fun for it to be fruit. I feel like it's more fun, but I don't know. Like in a, a hundred years, a hundred years is a long time. And I think at some point they're just going to start adding. Well, it could go the other way where it could be like there's. There's now there's a symbol that everybody knows that means eggplant, which everybody knows that means a dick. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe they just maybe instead of there being a dick emoji, they just give up and the eggplant now just looks like a dick. Maybe we'll just <laughs> genetically modify everybody so they'll have an eggplant for a dick. Maybe we'll just I'm... genetically modify eggplants so that they look like dicks. <laughs> this is these all these things are going to happen. Every single one of them. <laughs> So, so here's what's going to happen. Everybody's dick is going to look like an eggplant. Yeah. All eggplants are going to look like dicks. Yeah. The, no one will know what that shape is. Like, what? why does the eggplant like look the, so weird? Like the save icon. <laughs> Nobody knows what a floppy disk is anymore. <laughs> right. All right. Well, those, those were my yeah. pitches. <laughs> yeah, there will be a linguistic collapse of eggplants and dicks, and they will just become the same concept. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the doctor, they have to check your eggplant. <laughs> yeah. Are we ready for another topic? Yeah. Sure. Uh, Tyreek, your topic is, I have invented a conspiracy regarding the shape of handheld supermarket baskets. Yeah. So usually when I go shopping, I get the handheld basket just because like I don't usually get a, an entire like cart carts worth of stuff right. in a single run. And I'm usually just, you know, shopping for myself. So I'll just get one of the handheld baskets. But they're no longer like rectangular they made them they like put a little curve in it ostensibly i assume to like make it fit the shape of the holder's body better so that it just kind of gently curves around the person Mm -hmm. i assume that's why they did it but it seems ridiculous to me because it still take like occupies the same amount of space it doesn't actually help anything and it makes things fit worse in the basket because things aren't that shape. Things are rectangular and square. So if you put a bo- like a box of cereal in your basket, it's got to like deal with this freaking curve that didn't used to be there, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, eggplants. Well, the eggplants <laughs> are the wrong sh- like the curve is the wrong uh, size. What's the word for this, Tyreek? You're an artist. What do you? <laughs> I don't. The I, radius of the curve, I guess. Uh, I guess, I guess, yeah. The, the yeah, the eggplant is the wrong radius of the curve. You need like to fill your basket with grapes, like individual grapes, <laughs> and they'll be or the right like grains of rice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Just go to the bulk bin, spoon a bunch of rice directly <laughs> into the basket, and take it to nope. the take it to the checkout. Never mind the fact that the basket's full of holes. <laughs> I had to do it this way because of the curve. Of the right. basket. <laughs> Actually, no. You know what? I just just occurred to me. If you put rice in a bag, it's also going to conform to the curve. That's yeah. true. Rice is like water. Yeah. If Bruce Lee is like water and rice is like water, then Bruce Lee is like rice. That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my 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 conspiracy. <laughs> yes. Is that they've made these things an awkward shape that doesn't fit things to persuade people to use the larger push baskets, which will then incentivize them to buy more stuff because they have more space for it. That's my pitch. Okay. I just hate the bend on the hand basket. It didn't used to be there, and then it was there, and it doesn't help do the thing that it says it's supposed to do, and it just makes things makes everything fit worse. 
And so like whenever I go into a store that actually has like the the still rectangular handheld baskets, I'm like, hell yeah, I can Tetris this. But you can't Tetris into a curve. Yeah, I I played that game once. It didn't work. (laughs) We might start seeing like the proliferation of products that are the right curvature for that for that basket. That's a niche market that 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 someone should fill. I don't I'm trying to think if the curve is is it the same like radius of curve all the way through or does it change slightly? Because if it's if it's all if it's the same all the way through, then you know you can make make things to fit. But if it changes, then you can't necessarily predict what people are going to have in their baskets such that it's it's always gonna fit, you know? Like if you try and if you try and fit it to the curve, but the part of the curve that matches the item is unavailable because it's occupied by some other item. It's it, it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I take this as I take most conspiracy theories, which is that I don't think they need to plan. They don't need to plan. They just need to not care. That's, yeah. you know, that's, that's true. That's, that's also how I try to take things, but this one, <laughs> you really think that, that they're like, no, no, no I, I don't, I, I don't, but it reminds me of like, like when a website or, or service that I use or whatever, like YouTube or like Spotify or whatever, works perfectly fine, and then they change everything for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got used to it this way. I liked it this way. Nobody asked for these interface changes where you move things around, and, that, and now I have to get used to it again? Yeah. Yeah, so but like, Phil j- just, who just took over the company and needs to exert his own will over it and show right. that he is a leader needs to... Right. Yeah. If products just got good and stayed that way, like, imagine all the UI designers who would be laid off. They'd be out of work. They need to keep, <laughs> keep churning that UI. Maybe I'll just buy my own shopping basket and bring it with me. You should do that. That's a good I'll idea. Put my name on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like brand it with a with my own logo. That's like that looks like a store's name, but it's just my name. Yep. <laughs> People will think you stole it from Tyreek's. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I just had to update Podcast Addict because I tried searching for something and the search result came back with a one episode podcast called "Please Update Podcast Addict." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't listen to it, but I bet it was just someone's voice saying, please update podcast addict. Seems, seems correct. So I updated it and now it does this thing where like the interface that shows up in the notifications where you can like pause the show or like scrub on the timeline it now uses the color scheme of the podcast's image which means that if it's a dark color scheme you scheme you can't see it you can't see oh, the interface see 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 that kind of stuff yeah oh, god why like it's not even that somebody like thought they were improving it and just made a mistake or like you know didn't think of an edge case it's like com- it was completely unnecessary yeah. It's it's it, like if you if you if you identify something that people are having an issue with and you try and fix it, 100% understandable. You that might mess that up. That's that's also understandable. But like if something works perfectly fine, you don't need to change it. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to like to like just go in there and like flip a coin and be like, "All right, what are we going to do with this?" I mean, just to make it different from it was yesterday, both the Android Play Store and the iPhone, whatever you call it, App Store, they both really want you to update a lot. Like 
like they will they will like not promote your your app unless it's been updated recently. Oh, you mean as a developer? Uh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and like I, I saw an article recently about how like Android is going to take neglected apps off of the App Store, and neglected means hasn't updated in in two years or whatever. Yeah. And so like apps that were perfect and never needed to be changed, they're just going to vanish. Yeah, oh, that sucks. Yep. People suck. Companies <laughs> suck. <laughs> that's re- that's really the problem. Yeah. All bad. Like nothing is allowed to just be good and sustainable. That really is like a recur. You know, you know what's nice? Lyft and Uber are going out of business. We can go back to using cabs. Are they <laughs> sustainable? Well, the the what I actually hear is that they're they're becoming uncompetitive because they're trying to be profitable. Oh, and so like you can only and they've never been profitable. <laughs> never, <laughs> like, literally never. The, the the fact that they they have existed for this long is just like it's just been a full money sink. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's we've been wasting rich people's money, which in 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 a way is nice. I don't mind that. Yeah. yeah. But like the stories that I hear from people who try to take Ubers now is that like it's very expensive and n- almost none of that money goes to the driver. So only the like extremely desperate people will drive and they're like they will go extremely fast uns- at unsafe speeds because they want to get as many rides done as possible because they're trying to make a living. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've had, sad. I've had some uh, unsafe Uber rides. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> like in terms of like just driving safety and i'm just like sitting in the back like i'm not in this much of a rush yeah you don't you don't you don't need to and yeah I, yeah I, I hadn't i hadn't thought of it in terms of, of of them just trying to maximize their rides per hour right but cabs cabs have been around they're they're sustainable a sustainable business yeah i took a cab once and it wasn't an enjoyable experience and it was very expensive, but I don't begrudge them that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's my memory of cabs. Of course, now they have ads in them too. And it's, you know. Oh, that they should be free then. Yeah, they aren't even beamed in from outside. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't even beamed directly into your skull. Well, they. I mean, they might as well be. At that point, like, I definitely want the ride for free. If, I, if my skull is going to be vibrating the entire time. Jim, your your description of like teleporting hemispheres of brains into other people's heads <laughs> to and like I'm thinking like okay, you just hire someone who like knows everything about the product you're selling uh-huh. and is oh really enthusiastic God. about it, yeah, and teleport their brain into other people's brains. Yes, oh, so that they, and and that that's what future advertising is is people just having an intimate awareness of your product and being very enthusiastic for it all of a sudden. But then they're also like their their enthusiasm is going to wear out because they're going to absorb the mind of a normal person uh, as oh. as much as you're 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 absorbing their enthusiasm. So they're going to these workers are going to burn out on the product. Right, right. But by then you've just reached an equilibrium in society where everybody just kind of thinks slightly more of your product. And so you just need to keep doing that. It doesn't really matter how many workers you burn out as long as the end result is a net positive among the general population. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I like how we've perfectly merged like future dystopia and present dystopia. in this <laughs> And that's all the time we have for topic Lords. Uh, Tyreek, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at four bit Friday on the various social media platforms. That's it. And Hallie, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? 
on the internet much anymore. Um, I guess you can find me at Hallie underscore 9000 on Twitter, but I'm barely ever there. And that's the only place you can find me on the internet these days. Yeah, that's uh, not not the best place. Not no, the best place no, these days. Not. Nope. And thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having Thank us. It was really me. fun. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!